My name is Amy Abraham, and I am the host of the Bliss Podcast. Each episode will feature ways to find wellness and happiness in your life. We will explore different trends and approaches that support a positive well-being of the whole person, mind, body, and soul. With each interesting topic, I will be interviewing experts within that field as well as adding my own personal experiences. If you're looking for more happiness in your life, Bliss is the podcast for you. Hello, listeners. Today, Dr. Jen Ju revisits us to talk about mindfulness. During this pandemic, many people's anxieties may be rising out of control or may be newly developing. Dr. Ju talks us through ways we can calm our emotions in the moment and also guides us through a mindfulness meditation. So grab a cozy spot in your house and allow yourself to relax. Enjoy. Welcome back to Bliss, Dr. Jen Ju. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So last time you and I chatted, we talked about how food affects our body in so many different ways. Listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to episode number nine, Mindful Nutrition. Today we are going to talk about mindfulness. Before we begin, for the listeners who may not know you, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So I graduated from Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia, and I did my family medicine residency at Brown University. And my interest in mindfulness and the science and its applications really started when I started seeing in my patients such an increased level of stress, depression, and anxiety. And it wasn't just in my patients. If you kind of looked at all the research studies, you see that and, and loneliness and mental health issues are really becoming an epidemic. Mm-hmm. And then understanding the link between that mind and body connection and how mindfulness is a tool that can really help synchronize the mind and body more effectively is, is really what started me on my journey of understanding not only the physical health and, and, and the medicine and, and, and the science behind that, but also understanding and pursuing the study of, of mindfulness and that mind-body connection. Yes, and I think that, you know, it's important to mention that a lot of people might be feeling a little bit more stressed because of the pandemic, but, you know, people have been feeling stressed before this has even happened. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, part of that is, you know, the busyness of modern day society and just that in some ways we become so busy that it's hard to maybe allocate uh, enough time, attention and resources to supporting our bodies through good exercise, you know, just in daily movement, uh, getting enough fresh air, getting outdoors, connecting with nature, you know, however briefly you know, throughout the day, mm-hmm. uh, getting enough good sleep in terms of you know, quantity and quality of sleep, um, our nutrition, what we put into our bodies, all of those things, and as well as, you know, our, our, our mindset, you know, um, what we pay attention to, how we choose to uh, divert our, our attention, all of those things, um, mindset, nutrition, exercise, sleep, um, et cetera, do affect our ability to deal with stresses, challenges, um, pretty much any time that things in our lives don't go exactly as we had planned, which 
probably for most of us could be almost every day. Yes. <laughs> Something happens. I'm like, oh, that's not exactly how I envisioned it. And then how we respond, right, and how mm-hmm. we react it, um, does affect our level of stress. Uh, anxiety and maybe just not feeling quite as optimal as we would like to. Right. So mindfulness, you talked about mindfulness being a way to help soothe and and a way to um, help ease maybe some anxieties. What would, how would you define mindfulness? Yeah. You know, mindfulness, I think is most clearly defined as paying attention to the present moment Mm -hmm. with curiosity and non-judgment. And I just want to make a, a point that in that definition of paying attention to the present moment, you know, with curiosity and non-judgment, nowhere in that definition um, is the, the mandate to have a completely clear mind, right? Like devoid of thoughts, mm. to always be zen or to always be happy. It's really being present and experiencing each moment that life has to offer, like really showing up for life as it presents itself. And then with that awareness, being able to be empowered to make certain choices or certain habits, actions that promote, you know, a sense of well-being or, or have us, you know, live the kind of life that we would like to. Right. So we're going to jump right into this. Yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> um, yesterday, I was not feeling well. So okay. I, I, had a, I had a plan for my day. I woke up. I had my plan. I, it was a Saturday. I knew exactly what I was going to do, and I had everything planned. And then um, plans changed, but I, mm-hmm. I agreed to the plans that were changing. I ended up gardening instead of um, working on some other tasks that I wanted to work on. But the end of the day came, and I was very happy with the gardening that I've done. <laughs> but after dinner, I was feeling not well. I didn't know if I was, I had no, I I could not identify like why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And I had to sit and take a moment and recognize like, okay, I'm I'm not feeling well. What, what, so what am I going to do? I, I have exhausted all of the reasons why I could possibly feel this way because I know I had a good day. I did something that maybe wasn't to my plan, but it was still beneficial to me. And I still have, you know, the next day to work on some things that I wanted to work on, but I still just didn't feel right. So I had to make a choice. And I think this is what you were talking about. Like, what's the next step now that you have figured out that you're just not feeling well? And I wanted to, after dinner, I told my husband, Nick, I said, I just want to sit on the couch with you and I just want to be close to you. And I think that will make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, of course. So we cleaned up dinner, we got on the couch, and I had him like cuddle behind me at the same time that I was like holding a pillow in the forefront of my body. Uh-huh. So I yeah. had like the pillow in front of me and I had him, you know, holding my back behind me and and he started laughing. <laughs> and I said, I know this is a weird position. I was like, but I just need I just need to feel a sense of I don't I needed I thought I needed to feel a sense of security and a sense of calmness and connection. And then I said, you know, and I felt, and I was starting to feel better. And then after that, I said, let's just go into the bed. I just want to be in the bed. I want to be cozy. We'll grab a book. I don't want to watch TV tonight. I just want to get in the bed. And if I'm feeling anxious again, I know I can just go to sleep. And that's that's what we did. I, we went in the room. I finished up some emails I had to work on. I had a, I had my book with me. And I was asleep by 8.45. And 
I woke up today and I'm feeling much better. So could you explain to the listeners maybe why or how that might have helped me or, or what I was doing in that moment or in those moments? You know, Amy, thank you so much for sharing that experience. Um, it's something that resonates with me, and I think it will resonate with a, a lot of your listeners because, I mean, so what, what happened here is that, you know, we were able to use, you know, mindfulness. Maybe you didn't quite I mean, label that in the moment, but you were able to, you know, sit there and be aware, like, and answer that first kind of question, like, hmm, you know, how am I feeling? And be able to at least, you know, accept, you know, with non-judgment that, oh, I just don't feel well. You know, maybe at that point you couldn't necessarily put a an exact label of all the different maybe feelings that might have encompassed, like not feeling well, but you knew that you, you just, something wasn't right, right? Mm-hmm. And some of that you know, those feelings, you know, you'd say, well, you know, I, you know, I did garden, I was, you know, outdoors, in nature, I, I did get some physical activity, you know, gardening does require, you know, movement and some exertion, and I, I can't understand why, but, you know, this is where instead of getting trapped in that kind of treadmill of thought of like, well, why don't I feel well, you know, what's going on, or as, you know, some people, you know, say like, shooting over myself, like, I should, you know, be feeling good, I did get some stuff done, you know, I should mm. be you know, grateful that I had the you know, time and resources to be able to garden instead of having to, like, work on the weekends or rush off, you know, to the, you know, to the front lines. Right. You know, as a healthcare worker or whatever. Instead of getting in, uh, too mired into or getting too attached to that thought or that feeling of, I don't feel well, you took that moment and said, okay, how do I feel? This is what I'm feeling. Okay. I'm going to sit with that and say, all right, this is what is happening in this moment. Breathe into that and then ask yourself, like, what do I need? And it's not what should I do, right, necessarily. Like, well, you know, I you know, shouldn't feel this way. I, um, I should actually be more productive because I should make up for whatever lost time I, I may have, you know, what I perceive might have been lost time to do other things I had on my, you know, yep. never-ending to-do list. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to get this. And instead, you kind of took a breath and said, okay, so what do I need? And in that moment, you listen to that kind of, you know, inner voice that said, I just need to, to relax. I'm not going to beat myself up for feeling not well. I'm not going to try to overanalyze all the different reasons of why I, I don't feel well despite doing things that in like, you know, your handbook of wellness should have made you feel good, right? Like gardening and being outdoors, yeah. fresh air. I'm just going to sit with this experience breathe with it, I just don't feel well, I'm going to be nice to myself, I'm going to ask, what do I need, and then I'm going to reach out and connect with, with someone, in this case, with your spouse, and say, you know, I, this is what I'm feeling, and this is what I need, and can we connect, right, and by in doing so, you were able to honor your experience of not feeling well, to be able to connect with yourself, you know, without judgment, Mm-hmm. You know, and with like openness and say, I, I'm not 100% sure why exactly I don't feel well, but I don't. And then to be able to self-soothe. 
Yeah. You know, what do I need? In your case, you know, even though maybe the, the list of to-do things haven't, haven't gone away magically, like whatever maybe you have thought the day kind of might have, uh, how it may have unfolded, it, it's still maybe there are things left to be done, but you still said, I am going to, you know, rest. I'm going to, you know, relax. I'm going to do restorative things that are going to um, make me feel good or at least meet the needs that I have right now. And so when you, you use the mindfulness t- technique, you know, of like being aware, right? Like in, in that present moment, right? Yeah. With non-judgment, with curiosity. And then the next step, which is using a little bit of this loving kindness, which is a component of mindfulness as well, which is, you know, this sense of equanimity, well wishes, you know, um, as some say, like in attending and befriending what your experience is and saying, you know, what, what do I need? How can I self-soothe in a way that might be more productive um, for me right now? You know, and maybe beating yourself up wouldn't have been productive. Maybe, you know, forcing yourself to, to tackle a, a bunch of things on your to-do list that had not been done earlier in the day may not have been an example of befriending um, and supporting and soothing yourself. Yeah. Um, but you chose to, and you connected. So when you connected with, with your spouse, um, you were actually kind of from a physiologic standpoint releasing, you know, oxytocin, which is something effective in our body that promotes you know, connection mm-hmm. and healing. And that human touch um, was really kind of important. You instinctively uh, knew that and uh, felt comfortable asking for it, you know, without, you know, judging yourself for that need for human connection. And as a result, you were able to kind of you know, use those skills of, of, of mindfulness and loving kindness to be able to give yourself what you needed in that moment and, and, and feel better, which I think is great. Yeah, I'm so grateful that I just, you know, I was like, Nick, I, I, I need you to just sit with me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. okay, he's like, I'll help you. So. What I practiced yesterday, I would say, is a little bit more of like in the moment, something that I couldn't really control and it happened to me and I was able to, um, you know, help myself. But is there any other types of mindfulness practices than just, you know, in the moment? What, you know, what other could what other things could we do? There's. You know, even there's a couple of different, many different things actually, but one of the things that kind of jumps into mind is to be able to, when you are aware of that emotion or that feeling, especially if it's something that, you know, even if it feels kind of distressful or something that maybe you're just feeling uncomfortable with, is to name that emotion. You know, um, you know, they call it name it to tame it. So, you know, if if anxiety instead of maybe saying like I am anxious, which um, on some kind of subconscious level maybe would lean to kind of over identifying with it, you know, you could say like, you know, I am noticing I'm feeling anxious. You know, I'm feeling that emotion mm-hmm. of anxiety, and the parts of your brain that you use to form those words you know, to, to kind of put that into language actually kind of takes some of that uh, brain activity away from the area in your brain that is activated when you're not feeling well, when you feel stressed, 
react when there's like a perceived threat in front of you. You know, that area in your brain is the amygdala. So when you use language to be able to describe your experience, and it doesn't have to be, you know, sitting down and writing about it, although journaling does help as well, but even simply saying to yourself, you know, in your head, oh, I am feeling that, that sensation or that emotion of anxiety. Or I'm feeling this emotion um, of, of sadness. Or you know, I, I'm noting that I am really feeling angry mm. or impatient or frustrated or what have you. And being able to put it, even just naming it, it will be one really important step to kind of shifting away from maybe a, a kind of a mindless type of response to a mindful response and being able to even take some of that increased activity away from that fight or flight, you know, response um, that's being driven by the amygdala mm-hmm. in our brain. Um, and I think that noting uh, the sensation um, in your body and even p- paying attention to the sensations or the senses um, as in, in that present moment really helps. So, you know, sight, sound, smell, taste, mm-hmm. touch, you know, whatever is applicable in that moment actually also is like a mindfulness technique that could also kind of help quiet down that, you know, that alarm uh, system, you know, signal that's being given out by the amygdala, you know, which is like being fired up in response to stress or some perceived threat to, you know, your safety or even well-being, you know. So I think that if you're feeling, let's say, anxiety, to use as an example, Mm -hmm. you know, you could say, I'm feeling that feeling, you know, I notice that I am experiencing anxiety. And, you know, where do I feel it? Because our body is a powerful messenger for what our experience is and what our emotions are. So you say, oh, well, I am noticing I have tightness in my upper back. I feel my chest is constricted. I feel my throat is dry or tight. I feel like my shoulders are hunched up almost to my earlobes. You know, I, my stomach feels like it's churning or I have butterflies in my stomach. My, my low back, um, may feel tight. My palms may feel, you know, sweaty. You know, my mouth may feel dry. My, my jaw may be clenched. You know, my neck feels tight. Like whatever that is, (laughs) you pay attention to it. And you say, okay, this is what I'm feeling right now. Let me see if I can breathe some, you know, invite to just kind of, you know, with a little gentleness and, you know, air of curiosity. Like, let me just see what happens when I try to, like, just let go a little bit. Let me see if I can invite some sense of, you know, self-compassion, some relaxation. Let me see if I can soften into this experience right now. Instead of saying, I shouldn't feel anxious and I shouldn't feel, let me just sit with this just for a moment, you know, let me me see where it is, see if I can, you know, send some, like, loving kindness, some gentleness, some support to those areas in my body that are mirroring and experiencing, you know, what I'm, I'm feeling right now, you know, and then use that 
to uh, use those techniques of like letting you name it to payment, as they say, and like feeling the sensations in your body, or even taking a moment to just tap into what's going on around you. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so do I hear birds chirping? Do I hear a car driving by? Are there any smells, sights? You know, mm-hmm. sensation of the, the clothing on your body, your your feet against the ground, like whatever it is. Because when you are tapping into your sensations, when you're using those language centers of your brain, again, you're diverting some of that attention or activity or um, intensity um, to that area in your brain, the amygdala, um, which is kind of really, um, it's trying to keep us safe, but they might be act, you know, a little overreacting or in, in hyper overdrive right now. Would you so say... Sorry. Would you say that okay. that um, that mantras would be helpful in this type of a moment? Absolutely. For some people, mantras absolutely do kind of help take their you know their mind away, maybe from that ruminating brain, or you know always reliving the past or yeah. worrying about the future, and, and keep grounded. But for some people, mantras are really helpful, and, and they are personal. They are you know, different mantras that um, maybe some people will commonly use, but it pretty much is, you know, what works for you, uh, something that's simple, something that is maybe short, maybe it's meaningful, mm-hmm. that you can tune into. I think it's helpful, and I think also, you know, moving, um, just some gentle movement can help. Uh, you don't have to, you know, do a high-intensity workout and start doing, like, 20 burpees every time you feel distressed, but, yeah. you know, some stretching, some some gentle walking, uh, anything like that. You know, it doesn't have to be yoga. Although yoga is great for it, and uh, it's uh, something that's been um, studied extensively for its health benefits. But if you don't feel like that's in your capacity to even want to do yoga, or you don't really uh, aren't as familiar and wouldn't feel comfortable jumping into that right at that moment, then mantras, you know, movement. Mm-hmm. tuning into sensations, et cetera, can be really helpful. My anxiety stemmed from, I, I was never anxious until I was about, oh my gosh, I don't know, 26, 27. And mm-hmm. it started from um, an environmental cause. So I was I was dehydrated and, and I could not access water. So <laughs> it was oh a really scary moment. And um, I know it sounds silly, like you can always access water, but it's a long story. I could not access water. Okay. So I, and then my eyesight started, I started losing vision. So, and I was alone. And so anyway, whenever I have any anxiety now, I, my mantra that I go to is that like I'm safe because mm-hmm. I have learned to never put myself in that type of a situation again. And so yeah. I try to identify that my body acted that way I reacted that way because I wasn't not I wasn't taking care of myself I didn't have enough water and I didn't have any water to get so I honor that that anxiety attack in the sense of it was it was a signal to me that I need to take care of myself better yeah so Mm -hmm. now whenever I feel uncomfortable I always my mantra is I am safe I have water I have food you know I'm safe so mantras can be as simple as I'm safe or I am enough or I have yeah. I have food or my family's here with me or I am strong and those you know I didn't actually know when you said today that if you're using more of the language part of your brain that you are mm-hmm. diminishing the negative part of could you restate that 
I think that's important sure. for people to... And you're taking away, when you're using your language centers in your brain, you're diverting at least some of that intensity and activity in the areas of our brain that are responsible for fight and flight, you know, the amygdala, which amygdala is our friend, especially in, in you know, real acute situations where our safety and well-being might be in imminent danger, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, if you're... But your amygdala gets kicked off even when there's a sense of, you know, perceived threat, right? Um, You might be anxious that you didn't get, say, enough things done on your to-do list, right? And that might be, you know, perceived as a threat to your goals or to whatever you wanted to accomplish. And so that kicks off that stress response, right? That's exactly what happened to me yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, it happens to me too. I think it happens to a lot of us. And so you could say, well, just because I didn't, like, we know logically, like, when we're having distance in the moment, like, we know logically, like, not getting three or four things on this immense to-do list that we gave for ourselves is not an imminent threat to, like, my life and well-being. Right. Like I'm not like in some mortal danger because I didn't accomplish three things on the to do list. But, you know, we, you know, our reaction and how we perceive things and a whole bunch of things that, you know, like we had mentioned at the beginning, like even how, you know, how we're feeling, you know, how, you know, resilient we feel based on like sleep and exercise and diet and everything else that led up to that moment. Yeah. You know, we feel as a perceived threat. So, you know, again, when we have the amygdala fight or flight response, like it's evolutionarily, evolutionary, you know, been our friend to help keep us safe. But sometimes it fires or kind of responds in a way that may not be useful in, you know, modern day society when we're actually are, as you kind of pointed out, and remind yourself with your mantra, like I am safe, mm-hmm. right? Like the amygdala is sensing like I am not safe, right? Due to some perceived threat. So when we use our language centers, and one example of that, as you kind of uh, shared, is a mantra, you know, you're able to take away some of that activity, kind of quiet down a little bit of the fires, right, that are burning in the the amygdala part of your brain. That's like, oh, my God, danger, danger, I don't Mm. feel safe. And then when you don't feel safe, you feel anxious. You know, when you feel anxious and your cortisol levels up, it causes all sorts of changes in our bodies, right? And, you know, we can go into that another time, but yeah. it has this whole mind-body connection, which is what I mentioned was what got me interested in, in mindfulness, like that 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 really strong connection of what our bodies are feel, feeling or experiencing affect our brain and vice versa. So anyways, as you know, uh, don't want to digress too much, but using those language centers and using a different part of the brain will help kind of divert some of that unneeded activity, you know, in that moment. In addition to mantras that you mentioned and good sleep and, um, you know, healthy food and exercise, are there any other strategies that we could use or any other practices that we could use that might support, um, you know, good feelings and being calm and happy. Yeah, I think that, you know, the opportunity to uh, practice uh, mindfulness and, and, and loving kindness can be, you know, seized at any moment, really. Like, you know, in, you know every, every moment of every day gives us the opportunity to notice, um, to focus attention on our breath and our present experience and to exercise and the loving kindness to ourselves and to others. Um, but what also is supportive of being able to, you know, enhance mindfulness and that sense of, of well-being and, and connection um, 
to yourself and to others is when you do a type of formal practice. Um, and formal doesn't have to mean, um, you know, sitting in some designated studio or any, any place that, um, you know, is, uh, terribly, you know, like sitting on a mountaintop or something somewhere, mm-hmm. but it, it just means that we're setting aside some specific time, whether it's, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, to uh, very intentionally focus our, our attention on the present moment. Um, and the benefits of doing some sort of formal practice is that it goes hand in hand with the informal practice, you know, that, that day-to-day, like noting, you could be walking and you're like, oh, I'm sure going to be mindful, like, I'm paying attention to the sun or the breeze or the birds chirping instead of like kind of multitask and texting on my phone or whatever like that. But right. you know, it, it kind of the formal practice of, of sitting and, and devoting that set aside time helps prepare us to be able to maybe be more uh, skillful in responding versus reacting. It's like the people who set aside time to, to train. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they train for something like, let's say it's like a, you know, fireman, right? They go through the drills. They know what to do because when there is some emergency or some event that is challenging, like they have already done the practice, right? It right. becomes a little bit easier to call upon those skills that they've trained and cultivated during their formal practice or in that example, like during the drills that they mm-hmm. may do daily. So would you I be able a formal practice? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yes. Would you would you be able to run us through like a formal meditation oh, yeah. or? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I, I think we can start by doing a you know a brief formal um, uh, kind of exercise or meditation that's going to um, have us kind of just tap into this present moment and to our breath and to our body, kind of like what we had talked about. Um, early on, um, that would be great. I think there's not, there's nothing that really substitutes for, for practice. Yes. Right? And so, you know, as little five minutes, something is better than nothing. So, yeah, let's, let's start. I oh, that, that would be wonderful. That's a great idea. Yeah, I think that a lot of people you know, now, or for me, for example, you know, I'm a pretty mindful person. And then yesterday, all of a sudden, I just didn't mm-hmm. feel good. So it's important to, you know, you know, I'm sure you have moments where you're not feeling 100% happy either. It's a practice. It's yeah, something that you have to work absolutely. towards. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's get to it. A choice, so yeah, in some it is. Ways, right? And yeah. it's a skill that can be cultivated. So, right. yeah, let's, let's practice. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, so I'm going to um, invite uh, people to, you know, if they're already sitting to, Try to sit um, a little bit more upright if, if they can with uh, their back uh, supported, not overly you know, rigid, but you know, straight um, and supported with their feet um, if they're sitting you know, on the floor. And so they're kind of grounding themselves here and uh, inviting people to close their eyes or if they would prefer, they can lower their gaze uh, gently. Um, down and forward into the table or to the ground in front of them. When they are ready, inviting them to take a deep breath in and out. In and out. Letting your breath settle into its own 
natural pattern. Taking this moment to acknowledge yourself, setting aside some time to do this restorative practice, to be present in this moment, to nurture oneself. Just taking this time to really appreciate the body and appreciate this intention that you have for promoting self-care. Noticing your breath as it rises and falls. Noticing where in your body do you feel the breath most strongly? Maybe perhaps the nostrils are where you sense the breath most readily. Noticing the coolness of the air as it enters your nostrils. Perhaps noting the temperature and sensation of the breath Maybe the warmth of the air as you exhale through your nostrils, through your mouth. Perhaps you sense the breath more strongly in your chest, noting the expansion and contraction of your ribs, the front of your chest, on the sides and on the back. Noticing the rise and fall. The breath enters and leaves your body. Perhaps you notice the breath more strongly in your abdomen region. Using the expansion and the contraction. See if you can relax your abdomen a bit if you let the breath flow in and out. So often there's any negative feelings associated with our abdomen. We judge ourselves harshly for the sense of holding in, sucking in, disapproval. Maybe you can just notice without judgment the sensation of the abdomen 
Let your whole body breathe in and out. In and out. this moment if you can to feel sensation of gratitude and wonder with this life affirming breath that we have breath that we don't have to think about that our bodies do moment to moment, day after day, all the days that we are on this planet, this journey called life, realizing that your breath is always there, life affirming, an anchor in a harbor that we can use to focus on when we're not feeling well or feeling uncertain scared overwhelmed Feeling that sensation of gratitude for our breath, for our bodies that work so hard to keep us alive and well. Day after day. you feel your mind is wandering, just noting that the mind has wandered, your thoughts have drifted, just noting it and then letting go without judgment, letting go of the thoughts of what happened in our day earlier on or letting go of the planning and the things to do later on. Noting and observing without judgment. Letting the leaves, the thoughts behave like leaves that are just drifting downstream. Noting letting go. Holding, letting go. Understanding that it is our brain's job in taking in 
enormous amounts of information every second. Trying to process and understand it so we can keep us safe. Understanding that our brain will always be busy. Still use mindfulness to draw our attention back to this moment. Letting go and lead to diverting attention again to this moment. With kindness and compassion and curiosity. Accepting that our brains don't have to always be clear or still. Realizing that our lives will be filled with the full range of emotion. Realizing that nothing is really static. At every moment presents new opportunities to choose new emotions, new experiences. Just pay attention to our experience Breath by breath, moment by moment, realizing that this present moment is all you really have. inviting the breath to be our teacher and our guide. As we observe curiosity and non-judgment, how we react to our breath and to our busy mind. and to the sensations of our body. Can shine a light on how we choose to show up, be present in all the other moments of our day. Focusing on the breath, 
realizing that the breath is not only what connects us to ourselves, it connects us also to others. That every living person and thing on this planet also breathes. We share that breath in common. What we have in common, the breath, joy, suffering, what connects us to one another in this journey called life. attention and explore moments of feeling connected and present. The rest of your day, realizing that every moment is new. Every experience is an opportunity to learn and to grow. Deep breath in and out. Amy for giving me the opportunity to share this uh, formal exercise with your listeners. Thank you so much. I really My needed pleasure. that too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I can't like, oh, I it's a little to follow. <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for sharing your wisdom with us, Dr. Jen Ju. We appreciate you and for every everyone in our local town, Milford, Connecticut, and across the world. We really appreciate all the work that you put in to help us become better people. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate all the work that you're doing and just being able to share this knowledge and empowering people to pursue their best lives. So I appreciate you too, Amy. Thank you for all your hard work. Thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If anybody would like to work with you or connect with you, 
would you feel comfortable sharing your email or? Yes, absolutely. My email is jenju1, J-E, and it's Nancy, J-U, one as in the number, jenju1 at yahoo.com. And um, yeah, that's probably the best way to be able to to reach me. So yeah, I'd love to hear from from any of you if you have any questions or, or, or concerns or um, would like to you know hear more about other topics. Um, I'm sure Amy and I would, would love to be able to to support you. Yes, um, definitely. And just, you know, pursuing you know, kind of a, an improved sense of well-being and optimal health. Yes. That is my goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, listeners, if you have any questions or you'd like to work with me, you can visit my website at amyabraham.com. You can email me at amyabrahambliss at gmail.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at amy 2 Abraham. And while you are there, use the hashtag amyabrahambliss when you are posting about things you learned from bliss. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share the bliss with a friend. Thank you so much, Dr. Ju. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amy. Um, I appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you.